So we have been studying Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount for the last 12 messages or so. It's called the Sermon on the Mount because Jesus went up on top of a mount to teach these lessons. Uh, you can notice the picture that's on the screen. The water is the Sea of Galilee, and the church on top of the mount may be the place that Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount. So it's called, I think it's called the Church of the Beatitudes, because the Beatitude is the very first part of the Sermon on the Mount. And um, uh, so I put the picture there because, you, you know, we live in what I think is one of the most beautiful places in the country up here in northwest Georgia with the mountains all around. And sometimes you get this thought about a mountain and Jesus is up on top of a mountain and giving a sermon, but it's, 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 not, it's more than a hill, but I wouldn't call it a mountain, but you can see about how tall it is. The little speck on the top is, a, is like a, a cathedral that's there, so it kind of gives you a perspective on how tall the mount is. But he went up on top of the mount to teach his disciples and his followers what it means to be uh, his follower. In this, in this sermon... Jesus lays out his vision for God's people, who they are and how they live. Now, there were three common practices for Jews in Jesus' day. They gave, they prayed, and they fasted. Those were three things that almost all good Jews would do. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus addresses each one of these practices. He assumed his followers would give, pray, and fast. And each time in his sermon, he said, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. It's, it was not if you give, or if you pray, or if you fast. It was when, not if. So if we follow Jesus, we should also practice these three pillars of faith. However, Jesus was clear that when his followers give, pray, and fast, they shouldn't be like hypocrites, okay? A hypocrite is an actor who puts on a show. They put on a performance in order to convince people or to impress people. And there are many different religions in the world, and I think pretty much all the world religions that I'm aware of practice in some form or another giving, praying, and fasting. Even the Gentiles that lived amongst the Jews in the first century Jerusalem practiced giving, praying, and fasting. And of course, the Jews did as well. But Jesus says, I want there to be something different about the way you practice these things. He says, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like that. Because if you practice your religion in order to impress people, then that's that's the only reward that you will ever get. And so instead, Jesus said to give, pray, and fast privately. Don't even let other people know that you're doing it. That way, only God will know what you're doing, and God will give you the reward. Today, I want to read from Matthew 6, verses 16 through 18. It's a short passage. But here, Jesus said, And when you fast... Don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do. 
For they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What is fasting? Fasting is going without food for a set period of time. Sometimes people fast if they go in for a medical procedure, like a colonoscopy, or if you're going for an annual checkup and you have to do blood work. But the kind of fast that Jesus is talking about is a religious fast. It is a fast done out of devotion to God. And I need to be clear that a religious fast is not a way to go on a crash diet. It's not a way to lose weight. Um, and, and sometimes people think that. Or if you're thinking that fasting is so that you can lose a few extra pounds, and we probably could all stand to lose a few extra pounds, but that is not what fasting is for. And if that even is entering into your mindset, then you're missing the point of what Jesus is talking about when he says to fast. Fasting is about your relationship with God. Now, we know that Jesus fasted for at least two reasons. First of all, Jesus was an obedient Jew who followed the Old Testament law. And in the Old Testament, the law commands all Jewish people to fast at least one time per year on the religious holiday that they call Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. It's the day that we ask God to atone for our sins, and Jews would fast on that day as a, a way of showing repentance, their mourning of their sin, and seeking the Lord's forgiveness. So we know that Jesus would have observed this annual feast of the Day of Atonement because he was a, a good Jewish person. But the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell us how Jesus, at the very beginning of his ministry, went into the wilderness and fasted for 40 days. 40 days is an extreme fast that Jesus was able to do. It was a, it was, he was miraculously able to do it because God sustained him. And it harkens back to the 40 years that the Israelites wandered in the wilderness and they had nothing to eat but what? Do you remember? Manna from heaven because God fed them by his own hand with this strange substance that literally, manna, but it literally means, what is it? And to this day, nobody knows what it is. And so when Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days, he fasted and the Lord miraculously sustained him so they could go without food for that long. Now that's not something that we should try to duplicate we're not called as Christians to try to fast like that. But we know that Jesus fasted. And during his fast, Jesus was tempted by the devil. You can imagine how hungry Jesus was. And the devil came to him and says, well, if you really are the son of God, then turn these rocks into bread and eat them. And Jesus' reply to the devil reveals one of the reasons why Christians fast. 
Jesus told the devil in Matthew 4, 4, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we have this understanding that we don't just live, we're not just physical creatures that need food. We need God. We need the Word of God. And if done with the right attitude, fasting can remind us of our utter dependence on God. We need God even more than we need food. Now think about that. Is that true? Now some people may think, well, I already know that. I already know that I need God. I don't have to go without food in order to realize it. And that may be true. Um, We may understand that as an intellectual exercise. But it is one thing to know something in your head. And it is quite another thing to know it in reality. To have your stomach grumbling and groaning and every, physic, every fiber of your hungry body is screaming, give me food to eat. And yet to remain spiritually disciplined and say, as Jesus did, no, I'm not eating today because I need God more than I need food. That's an exercise that has power over our spirits. When we fast, it can change the spiritual chemistry of our physical body. It's something that goes deeper than your conscious thought. Something that reaches down into your unconsciousness. When you fast, your hunger itself becomes a form of unverbalized spiritual prayer that's continuous going on every moment during your fast. Every groan of your stomach becomes a cry to God for spiritual sustenance. Although typically fasting means going without food, there are other ways to fast as well. You can give up something else besides food that is very important to you, such as you could go without coffee, or you could not watch television, or you could abstain from social media, not listen to music, or you could spend some time alone without any social interaction. All of those are examples of some things that you could do. The point is to give up something that is as important to you as food, something that you do every day regularly and It could be different for different people because everybody's different and what you need and what you do every day is different according to your personality. Sometimes you may have a medical or health issue that makes going without food unhealthy and unadvisable. So in that case, you could choose something else. But Jesus said, when you fast, he assumed that you would. He assumed his followers would. And he said, when you fast. So it brings up the question, when should you fast? When do you do it? Or when could you do it? I need to say right off the bat that Christians have a lot of freedom. 
For Christians, life is about God's grace. It's not about following some set of rules. We're not trying to be obedient to some guide of rules that if we do these things, it will make God happy and we'll be good people. That's not what the Christian faith is about. The Christian faith is about how we can never do anything to impress God or to earn God's love, and we don't need to because he already loves us. So we're not doing this in order to impress God or people or anything like that. We have freedom to do things according to how we feel would be most helpful for us. So you don't have to do it any certain set kind of way or at any certain set time. You can fast anytime you want. But I will say this, I have found in my own spiritual life that when it comes to fasting, it's better to be consistent than it is to be extreme. When I was younger and a lot more immature, I thought, well, I'm really gung-ho about following Jesus. I'm going to fast, you know, and maybe you would say, I'm going to fast for a whole week, but that's really more about my own, that was really more about my own pride. I can do this, but see, that's about me. It's not about my relationship. And fasting is a lot like exercising your body. We all know that exercise is important and you should probably do a little bit of exercise every day, right? Now, some people might say, well, you know what? I'm tough. I'm going to exercise for a whole week. And then I'm not going to have to worry about exercising for the rest of the year. How helpful would that be? Probably not very helpful. All it would prove is you think you're tough, right? But if you instead would say, I'm going to exercise 30 minutes a day and do that consistently for a whole year, the benefit will be so much better. And the same is true with fasting. Why fast for a week? Why not fast one day a month or one day a week? Do it something that's easier and more manageable, but do it consistently and regularly. It will have a much better impact on your spirit. But if you're looking for some ideas about when you might fast, what times of the year you might fast, you might consider these. Because the Jews will fast once a year on the Day of Atonement, a holiday called Yom Kippur. Kind of like Easter changes is on a different Sunday every year. Yom Kippur moves around like that as well. But it's usually in September or October. And that would be a great day on the Day of Atonement for you to fast if you're looking for an idea. Another idea would be to, that Christians have two seasons when fasting is especially appropriate. Before Easter, during the season of Lent, the 40 days prior to Easter, as a season of preparation to get us ready for Easter, sometimes Christians will fast. Or they may not call it a fast. They may say, I'm going to give up something for Lent, right? How many of you have ever done that? That's a form of fasting. But a lot of Christians don't realize that the season of Advent is also a season of preparation, a season in which fasting is especially appropriate to help prepare ourselves for the celebration of Christmas. In the season of Advent, we are waiting not just for the coming of Christmas, 
Advent is a season when we are looking forward to the second coming of Christ. Yes, we celebrate that he came as a baby on Christmas morn 2,000 years ago, but he said that he would come again. And so we are waiting that coming. And the question always comes, are you ready? Just as the choir sang in their beautiful song today, what if he comes in the springtime or if he comes in the summer or when he comes in the fall or the winter, will you shelter him when he comes? Of course, if he comes as a conquering king, you would shelter him. Who wouldn't? This is Jesus. He's here. We have to take care of him. We have to receive him. But what if he comes as someone who is poor, who needs a helping hand? Remember, Jesus told a great parable about how when he came, the people fed him when he was hungry or visited him when he was in prison or gave him clothing when he's naked. And they said, when did we ever do that? And he said, if you did it for the least of these, my brethren, you were doing it for me. Are you going to recognize Jesus when he is here in the many different ways that he comes to us? Fasting is a way to open your spiritual eyes, to make you aware so that you know that he's there and you are taking care of him and doing what you should do. And Advent is a great time to do that. Another good time for fasting is before you make a big decision or before you start something new. What did Jesus do? When did he fast? He went into the wilderness for 40 days and fasted. When did that happen? In his life, it happened right before he began his public ministry. Jesus, who is God in human form, needed to prepare himself for this public ministry. And to do it, he went into the desert and he fasted to prepare his spirit. If Jesus needed to prepare himself, don't you think you might need to prepare yourself? What if you're getting ready to start a new job and you're thinking, I've got a lot to learn and I've got a lot to do. The good news is you don't have to do that all on your own. There is help from the Holy Spirit to guide you. And as you fast, it can open the channels so that you receive that guidance and act upon it. Or what if you're making a big decision? You're about to buy a new house. Or you're about to, to uh, you have this important decision that you need to make about your life. That can be a good time to fast as well. Seeking the help that God gives us. And here's another idea. What about the idea of fasting for someone else? On behalf of someone else. You know, people have become accustomed to saying and also hearing, I'll pray for you, right? You know someone, they, they're going to the hospital and they're going to have a tumor removed. And they tell you about it and you say, I'll, I'm going to pray for you, right? That means a lot to people when you say that and when you do that. But what if... Sometimes on certain special occasions for certain special people in your life, you, was, you were to say to them, you know, when you go in tomorrow to have that surgery, 
I'm going to be praying for you and I'm going to fast. I'm not going to have anything to eat from sunup to sundown while you're having that procedure done. You know, that would carry a lot of weight, I think, with the people that we care about. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to be in prayer for them. Not just with your words, but throughout the day, through the groaning of your stomach and your spirit as you're thinking of them. Well, Jesus gives some warnings about fasting. In Matthew 6.16, he sort of lays them out. He says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. And so from that, I take three tips that he gives, three warnings. First of all, don't, try to, don't do it to try and impress people because that's the only reward you'll ever get from it. And the second, don't look miserable. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever fasted before, it can be sometimes a bit of a miserable experience, at least physically, because you're hungry. And I like to eat. I love to eat. And um, going without food, you know, it can make you feel hungry. It's supposed to make you feel hungry. But you don't have to go around with self-pity and throw a pity party all day and sort of try to by a roundabout method, make people feel sorry for you or impress people. So Jesus says, when you fast, do it privately. Don't even let people know that you're doing it. And then the Lord who sees what you do in private will reward you. So as I close the message today, I want to give you a challenge. I want to challenge you sometime between now and Easter to do some kind of fast. And again, you're, you are free. Jesus Christ set us free from legalistic striving to fulfill the law or rules. So there's no right way or wrong way to do it. You, you can pick how you want to do it yourself. But I want to challenge you for your own benefit to try it sometime between now and Christmas. It could be as simple as giving up uh, a cup of coffee or skipping one meal during the day and use that as a way to help draw closer to God. I challenge you. Let us pray. Gracious Father in heaven, I thank you so much for our time together today. I thank you for the example of Christ who fasted. And who called his followers also to fast. Not as a way to earn your love or to impress people. But simply as a spiritual exercise that we can use for our own benefit. So that we can draw closer to you who are the source of life. Thank you Lord for your love and the freedom that we have in Christ in, 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 as Christians. And thank you, Father, for the salvation that we have through our faith in Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.